you for joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. Good morning. Great to be here. I had a lot of thoughts I want to share with you before I do. I want to welcome our visitors. Good morning. How are you? I didn't embarrass you, I hope. Welcome back in the back. And Micah, you're not a visitor, but welcome back. And if I've left anybody out, I'm sorry. I'm looking around. It's kind of, I'm being shined by the light, and that's good because we're going to talk about the light. Uh, I, my thoughts were while we were sitting here, man, we, we really got a good, good group of people. We really got a good congregation. If you think about it, we got people, the really good people that take care of the children, that volunteer. Um, we got great singers. Josh does a great job. Look, look at this platform. I mean, they're big, big buildings with churches that they don't have this, honestly. We've got the, the Normans here that's, that's helped begin this church. I mean, wow. I mean, think about it. Jory, she's uh, recording music to be sold, recording artist. Um, we're looking for a new pastor. We've got five, right, five good people in that group. You got me to kind of transition you to get there. Um, I knew if I didn't brag on myself that they would say, oh, you know, he's trying to be self-humiliating. Uh, but I mean, no, really. And, and I, mean, I just, that just came to me when I was, was there. And we got fellowship amongst us. We get along. That's what that means. Okay. We get along. We got a piece of property half a mile or three-quarters of a mile down the street here or down the road here. 3.88 acres with a fence around it, paid for. Uh, I hope we're going to get an engineer that <laughs> gets us a drawing or something, whatever engineers do. I did meet him, so he is a real human being. Um, and uh, pretty much we, we have the money to start and build, pretty much. Not all of it, but mo pretty much all of it. Think about that. It, yeah, count your blessings. If you're trying to start a family or build a home, you know, most of us build a home, we got to go borrow the money. And uh, we've got very gifted and talented people here. we got new believers in Jesus. We've had baptisms. I mean, wow, just sit there and think about it. And you and I are part of something. And this something's getting ready to even, I believe, become bigger. But also, I think we'll do more outreach. And let me just give you a clue on outreach. You don't necessarily have to knock on doors in your neighborhood, okay? Remember this term. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. And that was a term by a guy named... Elmer Towns, Liberty University, is called frangelization. Okay? Just think about it. The simplest thing of bringing people to Christ or bringing them to a body of believers are your friends, your relatives, your associates, that means people probably you work with or you're in a club with or something like that, and your neighbors. You don't need to do any more than that because if you recall, Andrew told his brother Peter about the Messiah. 
John told James, and so forth and so on. So it's not more complicated than that. Just remember between now and next Sunday, friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors, don't put any stress on yourself. And I believe if you'll do that and be consistent with it, we'll not only fill this place up, we'll fill that place up, however big that place will be when the engineer finally helps us. Okay? 200 people? 300 people. 297. Okay. Well, 300 sounded pretty close. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that the music and the themes of the music that Josh and the praise team are doing, they will, for the most part, follow what my message will be. So I want to let you know that. And Josh has done a great job, and they're, they're doing a great job with that. And we're going to talk about the light today. If you hadn't noticed the lyrics, it had something to do with the light. So I want to talk to us about that. Um, before I get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer and, and, and welcome His presence and thank, thank Him for all the things He does for us. Let us pray together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for being here. We felt your presence in our fellowship. We feel your presence in your music, in our singing, in worshiping you. Lord, we all need a word from you. Because your word gives us life. Your word gives us hope. It gives us encouragement. It gives us peace. And we live in a world where that's not available. But we get it all from you, and we know it's available through you. So we just ask you today, uh, through your spirit, to open our hearts, open our minds, show us the light, bring it into our heart and soul, so we can take something out of here that is revelation to us, a new understanding of you and what you want us to do with our church body, but also in our individual lives. And we ask these things in the greatest name, Jesus our Lord and Savior. Amen. If you have Bibles with you or you want to look on the screen, I want you just to turn to John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. The background of this is the beginning of John, the 8th chapter, and without reading that, I'm going to start in the 12th verse, and then I will give you the background up to that point. Then Jesus, then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What has happened prior to him making that statement is for those of you who have been in church some part of your life, you'll know this story. It was the adulterous woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and brought to Jesus. Jesus had come down from the Mount of Olives to the temple where he was teaching, and these men brought in this woman who they said had been caught in the very act of adultery. Well, the first thing you need to understand about these, these guys were hypocrites these Pharisees and these leaders, because in the law of Moses, they were to bring the man and the woman together that was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus, obviously knowing what they were up to, he was going to confront them with their hypocrisy. 
So he brings this woman in. There's other people around. Hey, he says, you know, master, teacher, uh, the law of Moses says we should stone her. We called her in the very act. Well, what does that tell you in the very act? The, the likelihood, it was in the very act because they just had a festival there, the Festival of Tabernacles. They had these little tents. So it could be they actually called a man and a woman who were married to other people, having sexual relations with each other in the very act. Instead of dragging him in, they brought her. She may have had very little clothing on, matter of fact. It's hard to say. But they wanted to really nail Jesus down in saying something that was contrary to the law. So his response when he gets and he just looks at them, he bends down on the ground, the Bible says. He writes something in the dirt. We don't really know what it is. And then he looks at them, he stands up, and he said, those of you without sin, y'all go ahead and cast the first stone. And that very light, I believe, shine through those men. And those men, it says, from the oldest to the youngest, walked away in shame. And there we are, Jesus is there with this woman who's probably scared for her life. And here is our Lord and Savior. And he says, where are your accusers? And she says, there are none. They left. He says, neither do I accuse you or condemn you or judge you. Go and sin no more. And here's where we are in this verse. Then spake Jesus unto them, I am the light of the world. He's telling the other people right then. His light shined right into their conscience. And they were so ashamed of what they were trying to pull off that they, by the oldest to the youngest leave. Some theologians believe because the age, maybe they had been involved in more sin than the younger ones. Most likely, in their hearts, like most of us, they were all had some form of adultery. But in any case, their conscience, they left because the light of Jesus Christ shined right into their hearts and convicted them of their sin. In the Old Testament, this light is very well known to those listening, those still there and those who had left. There's something called the Shekinah glory. Now that word Shekinah is not in the Old Testament, so don't look it up, you won't find it. However, the rabbis of that, that era and today of the Jewish faith, it's the glory of God, and you'll see that. But the Shekinah glory, they knew when he said, I am the light of the world, they knew what he meant because in the burning bush there was fire and light. And Moses said to them, in the, to God, he said, Who should I tell these people who, who you are? And he says, Tell them I am that I am. So there's Shekinah glory, that light. Then when the children of Israel fled out of Egypt and the Egyptians pursued them because the Pharaoh changed his mind again. And it said there was a cloud that covered them by day and protected them from the Egyptians and there was a light by night that guided them and protected them the entire way. They knew when he said, I am the light of the world, they knew that he was claiming that I am the great I am, and I am that light. I am that Shekinah glory. He was made without a shadow of a doubt, I am God. And that's what we need to understand today. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, he was God. 
And He is telling us today, if you do not know Him as your Lord and your Savior, He's going to shine light into your life and He's going to pierce your consciousness with your sin. There's also in the identity of the source or the source of the divine light, there's also a proximity of that source. I read this this morning. The sun is 92 million miles away. The sunlight reaches us at a speed of 186,300 miles per second. But we do not have to be concerned about a sun, a physical sun, that far away. And the reason being is the sun of God, the Shekinah glory, has come in the form of a man. He's come to live amongst us. He's come to be part of us. And He's come to shine in our life so that we can know who He is and that we can change our life by accepting Him in faith and believing who He is. If you look at John chapter 9, verse 5, for just a second. John 9, 5 says, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Even though Jesus Christ died for us, but when He rose again from the dead and went to be to the right hand of the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit. The light, the Shekinah glory, if you know Jesus Christ, that light is in your heart. He's in your soul. He's every part of you. He's as close as my hand is to my chest. If you do not know the light and He's never pierced your conscience and you've never been forgiven for your sins and that His blood was shed for you, you're very far away. Those Egyptians that followed the children of Israel, it's said in the Old Testament that the cloud kept them from seeing during the day the Israelites. And the light kept them from seeing. That was a light for them, but for those who lived in darkness, that light has to be allowed to penetrate in your life. You see, the Egyptians and the Pharaoh, all they wanted to do was recapture the slaves and bring them back in captivity. And even though a light led the Israelites in the direction they need to go, that same light was darkness to the unbeliever. And it's the same way today. Even though he's close to us today, because you always wonder, you see someone living in sin, and you just think, can they not get it? Do they not see it? Do they not see that light? You see it so plainly. But they live in darkness by their choice. They won't come to the light because they don't like those men who wanted to stone that lady. They don't want to see their sin. They don't want to see their darkness. They stay away from it. Proximity. The light is very close to you. The divine light also has a beam of knowledge. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God, 
who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness have shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory, we'll say Shekinah, of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He gives us the understanding. If you will come to the light, He will give you the knowledge of who He is. Do you remember a time when you didn't know the Lord? Do you remember a time when you walked in a different direction? Was it because you didn't want to know? Wasn't it really? You didn't want to know. You didn't want to change the way you were living. You were happy with dying in your sin because you didn't know any better. And any time the light came near, many times you would turn away from it. When someone would knock at the door and want to share Jesus with you, oh, I, you know, I, I grew up in church, I know all about that. Oh, man, you, you, how do you know he's real? There's always an excuse because they don't want to come to the light because the light will expose the sin in our lives. And that's what Paul's talking to the Corinthians here God who commanded the light to shine, just like in the very beginning of creation, when He spoke, there was light and there was creation. When God speaks into your heart, there's a new creation you become. The old things of darkness pass away and everything becomes new. There's also the light being of fellowship. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all His righteousness. But if we walk in the light, there's a picture. There's a path. There's a direction. You have to walk in the light. You can't run from the light. You can't put your hand up not to see the light. Because if you are, you're living in darkness. You don't want to see the light because it penetrates your life. He changes your life. But He tells you you're wrong, that you're sinful, that you're going to die and go to hell without a Savior. That's why so many people don't want the light. Intuitively, sometimes they know, but they just don't want to change. A light beam of holiness when God changes your life or when He changes my life, He does holiness comes into your life. Now there is a positional holiness. That holiness becomes you become a believer. You're positionally holy because God cannot look upon sin. He only sees His Son and the blood of Jesus Christ covering you. But there's practical holiness. When that light beam comes into your life, it changes who you are. You no longer want to drink a beer. You no longer want to get drunk. You no longer want to commit fornication. You no longer want to be adulterer. You no longer want to steal. You no longer want to do those things that are unpleasant to God because the light shines in your heart and it exposes to you the right way to live. Proverbs 4.18 says this, but the path, see before in John it was the walk, but now it's the path of the just. Those, just means those who are righteous before God. 
The path of the just is a shining light more and more unto a perfect day. The more you walk in the light of Jesus Christ that He gives you, the more you stay in His Word, the more you stay in prayer, the more you want to be like Him as you walk in that path, you will become more and more like Jesus because He wants us to be more and more until that perfect day, that day when we're all changed into a new body, we're all changed into a new creation, we're all changed, but that's what God expects of us. There's so much that we hear about grace, and grace is scandalous, and I understand it. But that doesn't mean, like the Apostle Paul says, you just do anything you want to because you're saved. No. That shining light should be changing your life to where you want to be more like Jesus, and you're doing the things in your life that will lead you on that path to that perfect day to be more like Jesus. John chapter 3 in verse 20 talks about a searching force, a force of divine light. John 3.20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved, or in other words, examined. The shining light of Christ, that Shekinah glory, that God, He shines into your life. But those who are not living right, those who are outside the will of God, those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they hate Him. They hate the light. Watch TV. Listen to the people of the world. You mentioned Jesus. They hate Him. The reason they hate Him, the Scripture tells us, because He exposes their sin. And that light is penetrating. It penetrates your consciousness. Within that same context there, John says in verse 19 and 21 in between and before, this is the condemnation. In other words, the judgment. That light has come into the world. That's the person of Christ. That's the Shekinah glory. And men loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Skipping down to 21, but, there's that word, but, something's changing, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest, in other words, clear, that they are wrought in God. You do with truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says, my word is truth. It also said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So when you come to the light, and you want to come to the light. You're not afraid that your deeds be manifest before God because you're not ashamed. Your conscience does not convict you like it did those men that were stoning, wanted to stone the woman. It's also a saving force, that light. You know, science knows, medical science in particular knows, that light and light beams kill disease. We kill a lot of things through light beams. 
The saving force of Christ, that light, kills sin forever and ever your, your life. The blood of Christ covers the sin. The psalmist said it best in 27.1 in Psalms, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Let's concentrate on that saving force. The Lord is my light, and He says, I am the light, and He's my salvation. There's salvation in no other name except the person of Jesus Christ. No other name. You can't work it. You can't be good enough. Try to be good enough for an hour and see where it gets you. Nowhere. Try it. First time somebody cuts you off in a car, what do you do? I won't do it up here. Okay? Just try it. You can't. Salvation. What are we going to be saved from? This salvation, you're going to be saved from a place called hell. This is a real place. It has a location. And souls that do not believe in the salvation of Jesus Christ, that do not believe in that light, they will spend eternity in a place called hell. And those of us who believe according to the Bible will spend eternity in a place called heaven. What would we be saved from? No one wants to talk about it anymore. What's the problem? What are you going to be saved from? Drowning? Yeah, you're drowning in a fiery furnace. This is what the salvation of Jesus, this is what He came for. He did not come to make us comfortable. He did not come to save us from disease and, and heartache. He came to save our souls from a place called hell. And my question is to you today, do you know? without a shadow of a doubt, period, that if you die this afternoon, if you die when you get in your car, when you die and you have a heart attack this afternoon, do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you'll go to heaven? Or will you say, that's something I'm still working on? There's nothing to work on. The blood of Jesus Christ has been done. The cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, it's been done for you. All you have to do is accept Him and receive Him. Quit trying to get ready to be right with the Lord because you will never be right with the Lord because if you were, He didn't need to die and that light of salvation was unnecessary. So do not leave here today if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Quit doing it. You're just like me that day. Let me tell you what happened. I've for years backed off. And here's how my, this is my experience. I finally showed up for church for some reason, and I don't know why, but I do now. Because I was drawn. And some of you have been drawn here today for the same reason. And I sat on a back aisle in a very large church building. And the pastor gave an invitation. And I got up and came down. I can honest to goodness tell you that it was outside my consciousness. I'll put it that way. I got up and went down there and thought, why am I standing down here? And I mean that. Because I know what happened. There's a drawing. There's a wooing of the Holy Spirit. When he calls you, and he may be wooing you today to come forth. It's not of your own strength. It's not of your own power. It's all of him. Salvation is of the Lord, what Jonah said. It's not something you do. It's something he did. 
There's also a shining force in that divine light. And that's for those who know him. Matthew 5, 16 says this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify. Now that word glorify, that's Shekinah glory. And your Father which is in heaven. If Christ has come into your life, there's a light. And that light shines through you to other people. No, you don't glow. But there's something about you and I when the, we allow the light of Jesus Christ to come in our life. And other people see it. You don't have to say much. You don't have to do much. But when God is attracting these people, when they're living under the condemnation of judgment, and you are living in the light of Jesus, they sense something. When you're doing the kind things or doing the things for others, they sense something different about you. And all that is is the light of Jesus Christ shining through your life. No, you're not perfect. No, you won't be. Yeah, you make mistakes. But if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, according to the Scripture, it says, so let your light shine. And that light comes from the Shekinah glory through your heart and mind that they may see, meaning the unbeliever, your good works and glorify the Father. Glorify. They'll be able to see and be attracted to the Shekinah glory that has shined through you to others. Won't you, if you know the Lord, let the light shine through you to others and go invite those people from time to time? It's not you. It's not a sales tactic. It's just you asking and them seeing that in your life. Jesus said there in 8.12 where we began, I am. Remember what he told Moses? Just tell him, I am that I am. The light of the world. That penetrating light, that divine light, that searching force, that saving force, the shining light. The light beam of knowledge, the light beam of fellowship, the light beam of holiness. He identifies himself. I am the light. In the proximity, he's right here today. He's in our very midst here today. He is in your hearts and your minds as you're sitting here. And he's, I'm telling you, this ain't me talking. Yes, it's my personalities, it's the way I speak, but I don't run around my house doing like this. This is God speaking through me to you. And I'm calling out to you, if you do not know Jesus, allow the light to shine into your life, 
so that you can know him and experience eternal life now and with the Father. Your life will change forever. Don't walk in darkness any longer because the light of life, that Shekinah glory of life, meaning everlasting life, he's here today. He's shining today, and he's asking you to make a decision. As our worship team comes forward, the invitation is rather simple. If you feel like God's speaking to you today in any way, shape, or form, if the light has come into your heart and you need to respond, do so. If you need prayer for anything, if you want to make a stronger commitment to the Lord, this altar's for you. This has nothing to do with me. Period. But I'm here to help you. We've got prayer team that can pray for you. But if God is asking you to move because He shined into your heart today and showed you some things and examined your heart and showed you that you're walking in darkness and still walking in sin, Remember this if you're a believer. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I can't believe there's one of us here today, including me, that has no sin to confess. So as they sing the worship music, you respond as God leads you.